Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Tonight we're going to go into a sermon on think on these things. And when you think of that, think on these things, you say, well, what things am I to think on? And immediately you can see that we need to think on the word as you look on the overhead projector. And when we say think on these things, you might say, well, what does things mean? Well, I've already said that it means words, but if you look it up in the Greek, it means rhema. It actually means word, the spoken word of Jesus or the sayings of the word. So when you say think on these things, you're saying think on the things that are said in the word of God. And our thoughts are to become the thoughts of the word of God. Now, I've been teaching a long time on spirit, soul, and body, and I've always used the illustration of sort of like a target with a bull's eye in the middle that's all black, for instance, and that's the spirit. Not that your spirit is black by any sense. It's white as snow, praise God. You've been forgiven, you've been redeemed, and your spirit has been made whole. In other words, you've been born again. You've been born to that incorruptible seed, whereas your spirit used to be full of corruption because of Adam. Now it is born again, and it's born of the seed of God, of the word of God. So down in your spirit is the word of God. 1 Peter 1.23 tells us that it's that incorruptible seed that we've been born of. Now, the thing about it is our mind has not been born again. See, our mind needs to be renewed by the Word of God, and we need to begin to think the Word of God, and it needs to become in right relationship with God and His Word through thinking it. Amen? Through thinking the Word. And then when we think the Word our actions begin to take on actions that are the quality of God, or you could say blameless. A scripture that points this out would be found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23, where Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church, and he says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. In other words, he wants to make you clean and to set you apart and to separate you wholly unto God. Well, that means whole spiritually, whole mentally or soulishly, and also whole in your body. Amen? See, so he says, sanctify you wholly, holy there. And then, it, in other words, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. Not like holy meaning good, like a holy God, but holy meaning entirely that the God of peace might sanctify you entirely. And I pray, Paul is saying, that God, that pray to God your whole spirit, in other words, your whole soul and your whole body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know that our spirit has been made blameless, amen? It has been made blameless. We have taken on that 
incorruptible nature of God through the new creation, through being born again, so we're blameless. Now we need to begin to be blameless in our thinking. And of course, that's through renewing our mind to the Word of God. And then also we need to become whole in our body and blameless in our body, which would be putting on the actions of Jesus Christ through putting on the mind of Christ, which is the Word. So what takes place, we first get born again, and then all of a sudden we begin to renew our mind, and then we begin to see our body take on blameless actions. So you see, it starts with Jesus and the born-again experience. Then it's up to us to renew our mind to the Word of God, and then our actions become blameless. Now, a scripture that points this out would be found over in Proverbs. Uh, Solomon writing, a really a wise man of God that received wisdom from God, over in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse number 7, it tells us this. Now, also, when we think about the mind and when we think about where we think, we need to know that that place that we think is the heart. The heart is actually part of the soulish area of man, part of the mind and part of the will. Amen? Are you with me? A lot of people want to say that your heart is your spirit. Well, that's not necessarily true. A man thinks in his heart. And if you do a study on the word heart, cardia, and go through the New Testament and the Old Testament, and you'll find out that it has all to do with where you think. Now, in the book of Proverbs, verse chapter 23, verse number 7, it says, For as he, or we could say a man there, for as a man or he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So in other words, your heart there being your soulish area or your mental part of your soul, you would begin to see that according to how you think in your heart or in your soul or in your mind, that's the way you're going to be. Are you with me? Like when you used to think about corruptible things such as Playboy magazines and sick movies and all the garbage of life and, and all the drugs of life and all the things of, of the devil, you would become that. So you would be. Amen? Now when you begin to think about the things of God, you become the things of God. So we can see here a correlation and we can begin to see that, that when we look at this, we can see that as we think in our mind, our actions are going to be like that. Amen? So what happens is this. Our born-again spirit that is born again and whole down inside of us and is blameless wants to come out and have action or corresponding actions in this world in our body. But what would keep that from taking place would be what we think in our mind. And when we begin to change our thinking or be renewed in our thinking to the sayings or the words of Jesus and begin to think on the things of Jesus, then our actions, the corresponding actions of our body becomes blameless and whole and good and entire, as Paul talks about. So I just wanted to bring that up to let you know that what we think in our mind is important. Amen? And we need to think the Word of God, which will cause our actions to become the Word of God. Again, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen? Now, over in the book of Philippians, verse num chapter number 4, 
beginning with verse number 8, we see the kind of things that we need to think on in our mind. And when we begin to think on these things in our mind, we will find that our actions will begin to become whole and entire and blameless as Paul prayed that would happen. And in Philippians 4, verse number 8, it says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things, that word things there is rhema again. That word things there are the things that you need to think on. So it says here, whatsoever things are true. You need to think on the things that are true. Jesus rose from the dead and defeated the works of the devil. Jesus is the truth, amen? We need to think on the word that brings deliverance, amen? Whatsoever things are true. It goes on to say, whatsoever things are honest. Things are honest, amen? We need to think upon the word of God. The word of God is honest and it will never lie to you, amen? God will never lie to you. We need to think upon the word. Whatsoever things are just, just, whatsoever things are just or whatsoever things are right, we need to think on those things. The word of God is right, amen? Glory to God. Jesus Christ gave us righteousness through his resurrection. Think upon his resurrection. That's something that's just. And it goes on to say whatsoever things, that word things again, are things that we should think on. Things are pure. In other words, we need to think on pure things, clean things, amen? The Word is pure. This is the pure, undefiled Word of God right here, given unto holy men and given unto us, glory to God, to fashion our thinking after. This is pure thought right here, the Word of God. It goes on to say, whatsoever things are lovely. Think upon the lovely, loveliness and the loveliness of the Word of God. Goes on to say, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, in other words, if there be any goodness or if there be any excellency, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Okay, what things are we to think on? The things that are true, honest, and just. The things that are pure, lovely, and of good report. Amen? Think on those things. And it says, those things, in verse 9, which, have, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Paul was bold enough to be able to say that you learned these things from me, you received these things from me, you heard these things from me, and you not only heard me speaking them, but you seen them in me, glory to God, amen? Paul was not only born again, but his mind was renewed to think the things of God to such a degree that the Spirit of God was be, being released from him and it was having an effect in his body and he was not only having faith, but I tell you what, his faith was having works. His faith was having corresponding actions, in other words. His faith that was down in his spirit, I tell you what, was coming out and taking over in his mind and developing in his mind through thinking good things, the word of God, faith was coming into his mind. And I tell you what, that faith began to operate in his life and in his body and his actions begin to become pure and lovely and of good rapport. Amen. Just like what he was thinking. You look at Paul's life and you see probably the the a man that has fashioned his life after the life of Jesus Christ more than any man in history. Glory to God. Amen. And Paul was writing this here. In Paul's life, in other words, he was saying, hey, you can see these things in me. You can see these true things in me. You can see these honest things in me. You can see these lovely and pure and peaceable things in me, Paul was saying in, in so many words. Amen. 
Glory to God. Okay, also let's go on over here and look at another scripture in 2 Corinthians 10.5. Now 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us that we need to cast down imaginations. Just as you can think about things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good rapport, Satan will come to you and try to get you to think about everything else. Amen? Those are imaginations. See, now here in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, cast down imaginations. Imaginations are the things you think. Amen? Now, the imaginations that Paul is saying here to cast down are things of the devil. The devil will try to come and make you think something bad, not true. He'll try to make you come and think of something that would deceive somebody, not things that are honest. He would try to come and make you think of things that are dirty, not things that are pure. Amen? He would try to make you come and think of things that are hateful and not lovely. In other words, we're to think upon the things of Jesus, those things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of a good rapport. Amen? But Satan wants to come and give you all kinds of imaginations. But he says to cast these imaginations down and everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So you're to think the knowledge of God. You're to think the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. You're to think the truth. Amen. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Think the knowledge of God. This word of God, when you begin to think it, you begin to be set free from the thoughts of the devil. In other words, you're not to think any of the imaginations of the devil, but to think the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that he defeated the devil by this word here, glory to God, who came to deliver you from all the destruction of the enemy. Amen? The word came and delivered you, glory to God, and it'll deliver you today if you'll begin to think it. Every time the devil tries to come, think the word. Think on these things, the word of God. Think the resurrection, glory to God. That is the word in action, praise God. Amen? And it says to cast down everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought. That's what you're supposed to do. Bring into captivity every thought unto the obedience, to the obedience of Christ. In other words, come into the obedience of this word and think this word, amen? Think the resurrection, glory to God. Think what Jesus Christ did. Think the word. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. See, those imaginations from the devil's disobedient, amen? But you begin to think the word of God and it's obedience, see? See, bring every thought into obedience, not disobedience. You think the word of God, you bring every thought into the obedience of Christ, amen? You think the word of the devil and the imaginations of the devil, if you don't cast them out of your life, they'll be disobedient. But you're to have a readiness to revenge all disobedience until, it says, until or when your obedience is fulfilled or filled full. In other words, your direction is for your obedience and for your thinking to become so full that it's thinking the thoughts of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Amen. Thinking the thoughts of the Word. The next scripture we want to look at quickly is found in Ephesians 4.27, which says, Neither give place to the devil. Don't give the devil any place in your life in him trying to put any kind of thought on you. Amen. Neither give place to the devil. All kinds of ways you can give place, but you're not to give place. And then over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse number 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Be strong in the power of the might of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Be strong in your spirit. Brother, you couldn't get much strong in your spirit. You've been born again. You've got the Holy Ghost down in there. Amen? Now be strong in your mind, glory to God, and think the things of Jesus Christ. Amen? And put on the full armor of God. Well, I tell you what, that armor is not only put on in your mind, it's put on in your body. Amen? Armor is to be put on in your body, glory to God. It says to put on the whole armor of Christ, glory to God. And if you're going to put it on your body, remember, you've got to put it on your mind first because it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, glory to God. And if you had not got that armor on your mind, you're not going to be able to put it on your body. And it says here, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil are those imaginations that want to try to come and attack you and put you in disobedience, amen? When that garbage walls of the devil come, we are to cast them down. And then in verse 13 it says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil days of having done all to stand, stand. Stand, my brother. Be strong enough in your mind to stand against the walls of the devil and say no and revenge that disobedience when that devil tries to come with those thoughts. Amen? It goes on to say to stand therefore having your loins skirted about with truth truth. Amen. Jesus resurrected from the dead. You shall know the truth and truth shall set you free. Amen. That's the truth. Have your loins girded about with truth, with Jesus Christ. Have your breastplate of righteousness. Glory to God. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus which you have become. Amen. You're right standing with God. Have your breastplate of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Faith upon him and his resurrection. Goes on to say, and your feet shrouded with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace is Jesus, glory to God. Amen. Have your feet shrouded with that peace that you have in Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. In other words, you have faith in your thinking, glory to God. Amen. You have faith in your mind that you're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. You're thinking the Word of God. You're thinking the resurrection. Amen? You have faith that Jesus Christ came and gave you victory. In other words, you've heard the Word. You're thinking the Word. And faith has come through you hearing the Word. And therefore, when the devil comes, you put up your shield of faith. Amen? And what do you do next? You hadn't did anything to him yet. All you did was protect yourself right there so far. See, you've had all these clothes on just protecting yourself. Now what are you going to do? It says here you take the helmet of salvation. And what else do you do? You take the sword of the Spirit. See, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen? The sword of the Spirit. You begin to speak the Word of God. Amen? Say what the Word of God says and not agree with the devil in his way of thinking, but begin to agree with God and say what God says in his word. Use the sword on him, amen? And then it goes on to say, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Brother, you not only be, need to be in the spirit, in your spirit that has been born again, but you need to be in the spirit in your thinking. You need to think spirit, Amen. And your body needs to be walking in the Spirit. Amen? If you be born again, you need to walk in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit and guided by the Spirit. Brother, you need to pray in the Spirit. You wonder why your prayers aren't being answered sometimes? It's because you're not praying in the Spirit. 
You're letting the devil overcome your thinking with all kinds of doubt. And brother, God answers the prayer of faith. He don't answer all your doubting prayers. Amen. So you need to pray in the spirit. And when you talk about praying in the spirit, you're not only talking about praying in your born again spirit, but you're talking about praying in the spirit in your mind and your thinking and lining up your thinking with the word of God, which causes faith to arise. Amen. And it causes your actions to be in the Spirit. Glory to God. Going on now over into James chapter 4, verse number 7. He also tells us some things here about your thinking. And in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil. Where does the devil attack? He attacks your mind. You have to resist his way of thinking. Then he says, draw nigh to God. In other words, draw nigh to God and his word. Amen. Draw near to God and his word. You know how you used to draw near to the devil and his way of thinking? Now you're to resist his thinking. Draw nigh to his thinking and when the, uh, to the God's thinking. And when the devil comes, you tell him what God thinks. And what does God think? Well, you got it right in your hand. You got his thoughts right here. You got the things of Jesus. You got his written word right here. Amen. You begin to speak it and use your sword now. It says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, see? Purify your hearts from all the thoughts of the devil. In other words, cleanse it from all the thoughts of the devil. And it says, ye double-minded. Don't be double-minded anymore. Don't think the thoughts of the devil. And one day you think the thoughts of God, then the thoughts of the devil, then the thoughts of God. No, settle in your mind and in your thinking right now that you're going to think the thoughts of God which are true and lovely and honest of good report, and that's all you're going to think. You're not going to think any other thing. Amen? We all fall short of that, but we all got to put up our armor and protect ourselves and also speak the Word of God and keep that turkey of the devil off of us too. Amen? We've got to do something. We've got to begin to resist. We've got to begin to withstand. And then in verse number 10, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Brother, if you'll humble yourself to his word, he'll begin to lift you up. Glory to God. Amen. The next scripture we want to look at is found in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5.8 is another scripture talking about thinking, about what we need to think. 5.8 says, Be sober. You know, that word sober there means sober-minded. I'm going to give you a definition of that right now. This word sober means sober-minded. It means self-controlled. It means sound-minded. It means to think soberly. Now listen to this. It suggests the exercise of that self-restraint that governs all passions and desires enabling the believer to be conformed to the mind of Christ. Let me read that again. It suggests the exercise, something that we need to exercise, of that self-restraint that governs all passions and desires. In other words, it's something that we need to exercise. We need to exercise restraint all self-restraint against those passions and desires of the devil. Amen? 
And then if you do that, it will enable the believer to come into the mind of Christ, which will be the thoughts of God. Amen? Brother, you've got a warfare. You've got to think the thoughts of God. That's what that word sober means. It means sound-minded. Sound-minded, to think soberly, to think sound, to think solid, glory to God. Not wishy-washy and double-minded and all namby-pamby. Amen? Yeah, to think sober and sound and solid. Here it goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant. That word vigilant there means to keep awake, to be awake all the time. Don't go to sleep. You know why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Brother, the thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So when those thoughts, uh, like John 10, 10 says, steal, kill, and destroy comes to you, you know they're from the devil. Amen? But Jesus came to give you life and to give it more abundantly. It's not hard to discern what thoughts are from the devil and what thoughts are from God. Just put it all right there on John 10, 10. Amen? He comes to devour. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy. And brother, you don't have to study about the devil no million years or no five or six textbooks to learn what the devil's up to. Amen? You know what he's up to. But you know what God's up to. Find out what God's up to and begin to think what God thinks. Begin to think His Word and put His Word to action in your mind and in your, in your actions. Glory to God. I tell you what, and that devil won't have any place in your life. Amen? It's not hard to tell what he's up to. Amen? Comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, seeking whom he may devour. And then it goes on in verse 9, who resists steadfast in the faith. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Amen? Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Brother, where is that faith? That faith is not only down in your recreated spirit, but it is in your mind, praise God. Faith cometh by hearing the Word. And when you begin to hear the Word of God and recognize that Jesus Christ destroyed the works of the devil, brother, that's developing faith in your mind. Glory to God. Amen. In other words, you resist Him in faith in what Jesus Christ did. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Develop that faith in your mind. Begin to think what God says. Glory to God. Amen. Holy Ghost will jump out of you when you begin to think the Word of God and your actions will become a living sacrifice. They'll become blameless. Your actions will have more than just faith, but they will have works. Glory to God. Amen. They'll have works. Let's look on here. Let me see if I need to read a little further here. Verse number 10. But the God of all grace who has called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Brother, that perfection and that completeness there needs to not only take place in your spirit, but you need to become complete and perfect in your thinking. Amen? You need to become established in your thinking. You need to become strengthened in your thinking. And you need to become settled in your thinking. Glory to God. And when you do that, you resist the devil. Resist the devil by the word of God with your full armor of Christ's stone. Put up your dukes. Glory to God. Amen. Get sound and settled and sound-minded and sober in the word of God. And your actions will begin to take on the actions of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. They will. Can't help but doing it. Then in Titus 1.8, I want to bring out this sober mind and it's just a few seconds here. In, first, in Titus 1.8, he speaks of this sober sound mind more than any 
body in the New Testament. In Titus, that book is located right after Timothy, the epistle of Paul to Titus. In other words, Paul is writing to Titus and he writes about this sound mind. In Titus 1.8, he says here, be a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. In other words, that word temperate there is self-control. In other words, have self-control of your mind. Don't go for the things of the devil. Be sober, it says there, amen? Be sober. Be sound-minded. Then again, in 2.2 of Titus, Titus 2.2, that aged man, sober, be sober. In other words, sound-minded, grave, temperate, sound in faith, sound in your faith, amen? Sound and sober in your faith in Jesus Christ and His resurrected victory in you. Amen? You're in Him, glory to God, and He's in you. You're sound in that way of thinking, brave and temperate in charity and in patience. And you say, well, I'm not an aged man. Well, let's go on down here to verse number 4 then. I know you're not that one, a young woman. But young women, see, they're to even think to be sober to love their husbands, to love their children. In other words, to be sober. Not only the aged men, but the young women are to be sober. Well, you said, well, neither one of those fit me. Well, let's go down to verse number 6. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. There you are. You're there, amen? You're a young man. Glory to God, that fits you right there. You're to be sober-minded in your way of thinking. In other words, line your thoughts up with the thoughts of the Word of God. Then in verse number 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. In other words, deny ungodliness, deny worldly lust, cast down imaginations, resist the devil, glory to God, with faith in Jesus Christ, in, in thinking the Word of God. Amen? In other words, deny it. Know that you think the Word of God. Teaching that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world. Sound-minded and godly in this present world. Well, let's all tie this all together here by turning to Romans 12, 2, if you would. Romans 12, 2 tells us exactly what we need to do in our thinking, what we need to think, and what we need to be conformed to. In Romans 12, 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, See, that's what we've been talking about, the worldly lust, amen, things of the world, the things of the devil, that roaring lion that devil walks about like a roaring lion. Don't say he is a roaring lion. Say he's like a roaring lion. He's a roaring lion. I heard he's got his teeth pulled, amen. Lord, I got resisting the devil, neither giving place to the devil, amen. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Here it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. And when you renew your mind, you begin to prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In other words, you begin to prove it. Where do you prove things? You prove things in your actions. Amen. You prove it in your actions. So when you renew your mind to the Word of God, you begin to prove that which is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God, the complete will of God, amen? The complete will of not God. 
not only in your spirit, which has been born again by the Word of God, but in your way of thinking, then all of a sudden your actions begin to come forth complete and it is the perfect will of God. The Word of God, amen, that you've been born to not only being in your spirit, but taking over your thoughts, amen, and beginning to be in your actions and walking in accordance to the mind of Christ. Well, let's look at some of the things we should think on individually now. Number one would be to be industrious. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he tells us to be industrious in so many words. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Paul saying, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Amen. Steadfast in your way of thinking. Unmovable in your way of thinking. Are you moved by every wind and doctrine? Paul says not to be moved by that over in Ephesians 4, uh, 14 through 16. There he says don't be moved by every wind and doctrine. Be steadfast in your way of thinking. Be unmovable here. It says always abounding in the work of the Lord. Brother, we need to abound in the work of the Lord. And that work comes out in our actions. Tell you what, if the devil can come in and quench your old mind, amen, quench your quench the spirit in other words that's down inside of you if he can quench it by putting something on your mind that's a bunch of garbage and a bunch of condemnation and a bunch of okie doke if he can do that brother you're not going to be able to abound in the work of the lord because the works come out your bodily corresponding actions amen but you rebuke him in the name of jesus amen Cast him down by faith in the resurrection. Resist him by faith, amen, in what Jesus Christ did, and you will begin to abound in the works of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, amen, not in vain. Begin to think that you're industrious for the Lord. Begin to think that you have a work to do for God in this present world, amen. You do, every one of us has a work to do for the Lord whether it's witnessing, ministering uh, in the pulpit, uh, teaching, uh, evangelizing, whether whatever it's doing, amen, working in God's kingdom, amen. Now, in verse, uh, number, point number two I want to say is honesty. We need to think honesty. In the book of Romans, chapter 12 again, after it talks about renewing of the mind, on down in verse number uh, 17, we see some of the results of renewing the mind. Some of the results of renewing the mind. Romans 12 is like that. After you renew the mind, after he tells you to renew your mind, he begins to, to bring out the gifts of God that come forth from a renewed mind. And then in verse number uh, uh, 17, he says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. In other words, we need to begin to think honesty. Amen? The Revised Standard uh, or Version says, take thought for things honorable. In other words, begin to think things that are honorable. Up in verse 16 there, 12, 16, it says, be of the same mind one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit, see? But provide things honest, in the sight of all men. In other words, be honest, glory to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 
Verse number 16, it also tells us to be honest. To be honest. It says here in 2 Corinthians 8, 7, 21, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Begin to think honesty. Remember, uh, Paul told us over in Philippians 4, 8 a minute ago, think on those things that are true and honest. Amen? Begin to think honesty. Begin to think honest things, honest thoughts. Begin to think the Word of God. Number three, we need to think quite generously. In other words, think quite generously. In other words, be generous, but be quiet about it. Amen? Be quiet about your generosity, in other words. Don't go and blab, oh, I gave this away and I gave that away. Amen? It tells us better than that over in Matthew 6 here, where I want to read to you. Matthew 6, 2, it says, Therefore, when thou dost thine alms, in other words, when you give, amen, when you do your giving, it says, Do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrite do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, or when you give, in other words, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which is which seeth in secret himself shall reward you op openly. In other words, think quite generously. Amen? In other words, be quiet about your generosity. Amen? Quiet generosity, I guess I should say. I said generously. Quiet generosity. Over in Luke 6.38, another scripture that is on this type of thinking, which is actually thinking about giving, amen, about giving, would be Luke 6.38. says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, quite generosity. In other words, give without making a big show of it. Amen? Give and it shall be given unto you by your Father. Amen? And also men shall give unto your bosom. And then the scripture that I want to wind this portion here up with is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse number 7. It brings the whole point out which talks about the heart or the mind again. See, you can have all the abundance of God down in your spirit, but it'll never come out to your hand and be given to anybody because of your way of thinking. Amen? If you think, oh man, I don't want to give that guy anything. You can think like that being a gone born again Christian. Amen? And that thinking right there could stop the Spirit of God from coming out and actually giving that person something. You might even be giving him the gospel message. It doesn't have to be a material thing that you're giving him. Well, read here, look here, in verse number 7 of 2 Corinthians 9, it says, Every man according as he purposes in his heart. As you purpose in your heart, as you purpose in your thinking, amen? See, you can purpose in your thinking not to give any, him anything, and it would never come out, Amen? But if you purpose in your thinking to give that person something, and if you begin to think quite generosity, if you'll begin to think generously, if you'll begin to think giving, 
and not have a wrong purpose in your heart about giving, here's what will happen. It says, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen? The cheerfulness of God that is down in your spirit wants to begin to take control of your mind in giving, and then your actions will become giving actions. Glory to God. Number four would be, be humility. We need to thank humility. Over in the book of John, chapter 13, Jesus, the perfect expression of humility, in John 13, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Now, you'll remember that, won't you? Jesus, you remember that, right? Jesus washing the disciples' feet. In John 13, 14, he says, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, he just washed their feet. He said, You ought also, or you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, again, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. See? Now, you know these things. You know you should do them in your mind, but happy are you if you do them. Amen? So if you begin to think humility and think humility towards your brother, glory to God, the humility of the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Holy Spirit will begin to come forth out of you and you'll begin to do them. Did you know that? Begin to think that way. Begin to renew your mind to the Word of God. Jesus, the perfect example of humility, looking over in Philippians again, Philippians chap verse, uh, chapter 2, verse number 8. We all know that Jesus humbled himself and came down and threw off his position with God, amen, and came down to earth and became all man and all God, amen. It says in Philippians 2.8, and being found in fashion as a man, that's talking about Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. In other words, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the word of God, amen. That's exactly what we have to do. We have to humble ourselves before the Word of God, and He will lift you up in due time. Amen? Humble ourselves to the Word of God in our way of thinking, glory to God, and that humility will begin to present itself to our brother. Number five would be think love. Now, I'm not going to read this whole chapter 13, the, the chapter thir love chapter, which is chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, but I just want to let you know that it is the love chapter, chapter 13 of, uh, of, of 1 Corinthians. And beginning with verse number 4, I would like to read a little bit. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Charity or love suffereth long and is kind. You should be able to put your name in there where it says charity. You should be able to say, hey, Charles, suffereth long. You should be able to say your name, Bill, suffereth long and is kind. Bill envieth not. Charles vaunteth not himself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Love, in other words, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked 
thinketh no evil. There that word thinketh is, amen. In other words, you think the things of love, amen. Love rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth, see. In other words, we begin to line our thinking up with love, and we're lining our thinking up with the Word of God, actually, amen. The love of the cross. We begin to line our uh, thinking up with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his death upon the cross is the love of God. Amen? Glory to God. Line our thinking up with the resurrection, the love of God. Line our thinking up with 1 Corinthians 13. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. And whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. It's not saying, of course, that tongues are past or prophecy is past. When that which is perfect has come. When Jesus Christ comes back, glory to God, and receives this church unto himself, there won't be any need in prophecy anymore. We'll be perfect, glory to God, spirit, soul, and body. But, brother, we're not perfect yet, amen? We're not complete yet, amen? We may be complete spiritually. Yes, we are, according to Colossians chapter 2. But the thing about it is, we need to now come into a renewed mind and a way of thinking, amen, a whole way of thinking. And as we do that, so will we be in our actions. Praise God. Proverbs 23, 7. Amen. Glory to God. Line our thinking up with the Word of God so it won't quench that Holy Ghost that's down inside of us. Amen. Jesus brings out love in 1 John, or John brings it out in 1 John 4.16. 1 John 4.16, we need to begin to think 1 John 4.16. That's the Word of God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Amen. We believe that love, that resurrection. Amen. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Brother, we need to dwell in this Word. Amen? Read John 15. Abide in the Word. My Word abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be given unto you. Glory to God. Amen? Woo! Hallelujah. Dwell in this Word. Line your thinking up with the Word. Herein is our love made perfect. Amen? that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Amen? As he is, so are we in our spirit. As he, he is, so are we in our thinking. As he is, so are we in our actions. Glory to God. Amen? Glory, hallelujah. Line your spirit, soul, and body up with Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he say he loves God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment, have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Begin to think love, glory to God, amen? Let that love that is down in your spirit that you've been born again of, according to 1 John 5, 1. Abide in your thinking. And brother, our actions will become loving actions. Amen? Glory to God. Getting sound in our, in our thinking. Thinking love. And our actions will become love actions. Amen? 
the actions of Jesus. We'll begin to lay down our life for one another as Jesus laid down his life for us. We need to begin to think contentment. The perfect scripture for this is found over in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11. Think contentment. Be content right here in prison. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Amen? Woo! To be content in the state that we're in. In 1 Timothy 6, talking about this contentment, again, we need to begin to think contentment. 1 Timothy 6, verse number 6, says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Begin to think contentment, amen? I know you're content in being born again, amen? Begin to think contentment, amen? Contentment. And brother, our actions will become to be content. We'll just be kicked back in peace and all contented, amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Next, we need to begin to think number seven, self-denial. The scripture for that is found in Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus telling us that we need to deny ourselves. 16, 24 of Matthew. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know, when you take up your cross, whose cross are you taking up? Jesus' cross. Now, you're not picking up a cross and carrying it around, but when you take up the cross of Jesus, here's what you do. You begin to put faith in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and begin to put faith in the fact that you died with Christ, that you were buried with Christ, that you were resurrected with Christ. Glory to God. And you have followed Him. Amen? Glory to God. You begin to put faith and identify yourself side by side with Jesus on that cross. That's what taking up your cross is. Believing completely and wholeheartedly in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and follow Him. Amen? That's total self-denial. Self, not, uh, not being denying, not being a, a denying self would be like this. Oh man, I can go out and do it on my own. I don't need to believe in that Jesus. See, that's not self-denial. That's saying, I want to do it myself. Amen? That's self. Amen? Self-denial is, is coming up beside Jesus' cross and getting on, amen, and believing in his crucifixion, believing in his death, believing in his resurrection, glory to God, and following him in that, amen? The best way you can follow anybody is to believe exactly what they believe, amen? The best way you can follow anyone is to believe in that person 100%. That's the way you follow Jesus, Amen? You don't have to go and say, oh, man, I'm just taking up my cross. I'm suffering for Jesus. No, you ain't suffering for Jesus. You're making a fool of yourself. Amen? You're going to put faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and follow him through that grave. Glory to God and live in victory. That's following Jesus. Amen? 
Following someone is believing in someone. Believing that he got victory for us. That's following Jesus in your thinking. Amen? Glory to God. Next, number eight, we need to think sincerity. In Titus 2.7. Thinking sincerity. Titus 2.7. Says this. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. Amen? In other words, we need to show good works in our actions. In order to show good works in our actions, we need to have a good, th good thoughts. Amen? In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. Showing uncorruptness. Amen? Showing uncorruptness. Where is that uncorruptible spirit at? Huh? It's down in your spirit. Amen? Now you begin to think the uncorruptible Word of God and your actions will begin to become uncorruptible. Amen? And you will be sincere with your brothers. Amen? Your actions will begin to be as you think in your heart. Amen? Think in the resurrection. Next, number nine, will be think purity. I'm not going to go to it, but a few minutes ago we went into Philippians 4, 8 that said whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Amen? Think on those pure things of God. Think the pure Word of God. In 1 Timothy 4, 12, we see also where it exhorts, where Paul exhorts us to think purity. 1 Timothy 4.12 Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. All those are actions. Amen? All those are actions. Look at that. Having pure actions, having faithful actions, having spiritual actions, having loving actions, letting your conversation be good, believing and be an example in the Word. Glory to God. Amen? Letting that Word not only live down in your spirit, but in your thinking and in your actions. Number 10, think victory. Amen? Think victory. Think the resurrected victory of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8, Verse number 37, after Paul talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ who justified us, who glorified us, glory to God, who freely give us all things, it tells us that in verse number 37 of Romans 8, nay, and all these things, amen, all these things, think on these things, amen, and all the things that are in the Word of God, the victory that the Word of God tells us that is here, we are more than conquerors. Amen? If you want to be more than conquerors, think on the things of Jesus. Amen? And all these things that Paul is writing about, we're more than conquerors. Amen? And all this Word here, we become more than conquerors as we think the Word of God. Brother, if you read this Word of God and you begin to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, brother, there's no other way to think than to think vic victory, is there? Huh? He writes totally about victory. We're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Where did He love us? He loved us on the cross and gave us the victory right there. Amen? For I am persuaded. Amen? Where are you persuaded? In your thinking, amen? You're persuaded in the way you think. You're persuaded beyond a shadow of a doubt in your mind. 
praise God, lost my place. I got the scripture memorized. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, amen, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Nothing shall separate us from that. Not one thing. Not one demon from hell shall be able to attack our thinking because I'm persuaded, glory to God, that nothing shall be able to separate me from this victory that I have in Christ Jesus. Amen? No demon in hell shall be able to come in and overcome my thinking to make me go and do something that is contrary to the Word of God. Amen? Glory to God. Persuaded beyond the shadow of a doubt. Strong, sound, sober-minded. Amen? Glory to God beyond the shadow of a doubt. Number 11, we need to think forgiveness. Think forgiveness. Couldn't leave that out. Think forgiveness. In the book of Mark... Chapter 11, verse number 23, 25, it says here, And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Forgiveness blocks the power of God from coming forth in your life. It quenches the Spirit. Amen? In Ephesians, verse number 32, 432 of Ephesians says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. We need to forgive one another just as God has forgiven us. Amen? Just as God has forgiven you, you need to now turn around and forgive your brother. You know why? Because you have the spirit of forgiveness down inside of you. And that Holy Spirit that's down inside of you, which is of God, wants to forgive your brother 100%. But your stinking way of thinking would try to stop you from forgiving in your actions. Amen? Brother, we need to become sound, solid in our way of thinking. We need to think the Word of God. Amen? In every thought. The devil comes to you and tries to make you think anything else or tries to convince you to think of anything else. Say, I'm not going to be convinced of that because I'm persuaded that you are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Glory to God. Amen. Pull out your sword of the Spirit and stick him with it. Amen. The word of God. I tell you what, the devil will take off running because he'll know he's messing with a child of God that knows who he is. Amen. That knows who he is. Brother Joe, he's always saying, the gates of hell shall not prevail, amen? Storming the gates of hell, glory to God, yes we are, amen? With the word of God, the word of our testimony, amen? We're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, but in order for us to overcome, we got to think overcoming, amen? Think on the things of the word of God. The word of God brings deliverance. And as you begin to think the word, it causes God to come on the scene in your actions. Can you see that? Glory to God. Don't think any other way.